Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 79 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first. I'm delighted to say this is uh, our two-year anniversary show. We would have thought we would have made it this far, and we'd all still be speaking. Um, probably lockdown's got something to do with that, I think. You know, 12 months being, lo- being locked away from each other's probably helped, helped that situation. Um, but it's been, it's been a good two years. It's great to, to still be chugging along and still, obviously, uh, be, be together talking about the Blues. On a on a weekly basis, and um, we're we're back this week, and you know it's been another busy week for the Blues. It's been up and down, as we've seen quite often this season, and we're going to come on to obviously the, the disappointments of Fulham shortly, but but very quickly, you know, let's let's just rewind a little bit to to last midweek, and we said before we we started recording, it seems an absolute age ago, but we did we did beat Tottenham. After extra time in the in the FA Cup to, to make it to the quarterfinals and Pete, what a what a topsy turvy game that was after going behind very very early. You would have thought that we would have uh, reacted and and gone on to win that game. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I I can't remember what I predicted in the last pod, but I think it was either a one nil or a two nil um, tight contest, and it was anything but that. I think I clocked off from work, checked checked my phone, so we were three one up, and thought. Happy days, what's going on here? Rushed home, put the telly on, just as the, th- the third goal goes in for 3-3. Um, and I thought, yeah, OK, <laughs> I know what I'm in for here. A painful rest of the evening. Um, and I don't know about you two, but I, I was just thinking this can't go to penalties because I won't be able to take it. My heart was going like the clappers. Um, you, you, you thought we could... You know, we could win it 6-4 or lose it 7-5. It was that kind of game. It was like, I, d- I don't know where the goals were coming from, either for us or them. Um, so in, in, in that respect, it was a proper cup tie. Really, you know, really end-to-end, really exciting. Um, and it was, it was great to see us, I, again, you know, from, ironically, I know we're not talking about Fulham yet, but from a mentality point of view, to have so many setbacks and still win the game, I think was just you know fantastic, and that that's what you want from your football club, isn't it? To uh, you know to not give up, never say die, um, and you know ultimately that's what wins your trophies. Um, so yeah, three one up, amazing. Back to three three, terrible. But then 
you know, to be able to go four three, four four five five four. Um, yeah, <laughs> great, but it's a, it, it's one of them games, isn't it? It's so it's difficult to to sum it up. I think I said at the time, sort of post match initially, it was very much sort of Sunday league defending at times from from both sides. To be honest with you, I, I was I was shocked, you know, how appalling we were. From from set pieces, to be honest, that 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 did surprise me in terms of defending set pieces. Um, and we'll, I'll come on to to Olsen shortly as well because uh, I think the goalkeeper should have been doing better, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it was just one of the, one of those games, wasn't it, Lee? Where you know we, we I think both sides looked looked pretty dangerous when they, when they went forward. Both sides weren't defending particularly well. Um, but it was just it was just nice to see. To see us get through that kind of game, as opposed to in the past, how many times have we seen? You know, when it, when we got back, pegged back to three, all you think, right? We're going out here. You know, when they, when they get the the uh, the fourth goal to equalise, we're going out here. So it was nice to see a little bit of a change, change up, change up in that sense of things, wasn't it? Hundred percent, mate. On, on a quick side note, you hear that? That's a little celebration of Groney for two years. That is, mate. Well done, boys. <laughs> But, we're um, sitting here with, uh, with 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 coffee, me and Pete. You know, we're we're trying to not to have uh, promote any kind of midweek drinking here. You know, the the full performance would have would have given us a drink. To be honest, we're that's, what to, we're to, to, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm drinking after after the Fulham game. <laughs> I haven't stopped. Um, no, no, but going going back to Spurs, you're right. Um, it was a mad game. If you spoke to the pundits beforehand, everyone was expecting a real sort of you know. Let's be honest, both both of them are. A pretty pragmatic managers overall, really. Both like to see clean sheets. Everyone was predicting, yeah, an extra time, it's going to be nil-nil. Hopefully, we'll see a goal. Um, that's certainly what Jermaine Genus was predicting beforehand. And then it was it was everything but that, wasn't it? It was quite refreshing to see, albeit not watching it at the time, but it's quite refreshing to see two, two managers that have just gone, right, it's a cup game, let's just have a go. Um, and, you know, we started the game Really, really poorly, didn't we? Really poorly, really slow. Spurs came out of the blocks really quick, scored from a corner. Um, you know, we conceded something. Was it, wasn't it something mad like 20 corners in that game? Um, and yeah, the, the corner, yeah, 15 to 2, it was corners. Crazy. And they scored from three corners, and we think we conceded from two all season. So, mm. um, for a start, I don't know what Sigurdsson was doing on Sanchez. I know Sigurdsson was, you know, Sigurd, let's be honest, he hasn't got an aggressive bone in his body, so he should be nowhere near defending that on corners. But we started really slow and then got back into it. I thought Davis had another, well, it's probably his best game in an Everton shirt for me, Tom Davis. I thought he was outstanding. We, we, we wrestled we wrestled a control back in midfield between him and Decore, didn't we? And then we just like bam, 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 three goals out of nowhere um, and three one up. And then I text both of you boys thinking, right, three one up, keep this to half time and you know, okay, they've got Kane to bring on, but we should see it out. And then, you know, the most annoying goal in a long time we conceded right on the cusp of half time to make it three two. Um you and I had a bit of a mini disagreement, Mike, when I said Carl Lewin just had to lay it off for <laughs> for a Wobie and he tried to bring it down, lost the ball and the next phase of play ended up going yeah, that them obviously making a one-two and Mina letting it run through him and it's a goal in it. And and I'm just thinking then in footy, we've all played football, we've all watched football. Three-one at half time is a very different scoreline to three-two, in it? They're suddenly going in buoyant. Harry Kane's coming on, one of the best strikers in the league at the minute, being on great form. 
And you're thinking, right, this could be that could be that could be it now. And like Pete said, when it got to three three, you're just thinking with the play. You know, I think it coincided. Was it Calvert Lewin went off just as Kane came on as well? And you're just thinking the attacking power they've got on the pitch. Kane, Son, Mora. Um, you know, they had some real, you know, real attacking threat on the pitch. Just thought we're not going to be able to see this out here. And those are the cup ties where, dare I say, it, historically we'd be on the wrong side of, wouldn't we? Um, but it's quite interesting. I think Matt from the Blue Room put a great tweet out, and this was this was exactly me. I don't know about you two, where I just at th- at three three and four four, I just found myself walking around the lounge like plumping up the cushions and walking back in and walking back out, putting the kettle on, and then just just fidgeting around, just finding things to do, everything but watch the match because I'm just so on edge. So um, God. God knows what Carlo was thinking, but then he showed what he was thinking when we scored scored the winning goal, wasn't it? I mean, it's become iconic now, hasn't it? Where he was, everyone thought it was coffee, then it was Bovril, and then it was obviously a brew. And he was just he was the coolest man in the ground by a mile, wasn't he? Just like a little blow of his of his cup of tea when it went in. Um, but those games when it's your team, they're just horrible to watch, aren't they? They're just hor- I know what you two would have been like. You two probably were pacing up and down as well. I think it's one of them. I'm... I'm I'm terrible at watching it on the on the television to be honest with you because I, I I find myself basically I don't relax and it sounds really strange and I had this discussion that was funny because a friend of mine uh, texted me today we were discussing Everton and um, similar age to ourselves and obviously he, he's he's gone the game for for donkeys years and he was saying the Fulham game proved this by the way in terms <clears> of if we can see the goal early i.e. against Tottenham we then we react. So when we can see the goal early, I'm always fairly relaxed, to be honest with you. I'm always quite relaxed at that particular point because I expect the reaction. When we can see the goal, so it's the second half or late on, when you sort of like to the Fulham game, you think you resign to losing the game. And that that's how Everton have yet, and that's how Everton are, which is really strange. But I was I, even when they scored the early goal, I was fairly relaxed. When it when it went to when it went to three all. I was absolutely, I was livid. You know, you, you look at the goals that we conceded mm. and it was just, just incredible. It was so poor. And for me, I said, you know, Olsen's about six foot six, isn't he? He's got to be commanding, isn't he? We've been saying for ages about Jordan Pickford and how, you know, he's not particularly big. So the defence, when it comes to set pieces or crosses, they, they know he's not going to sort of come out and claim a body quite often punches. Olsen's sort of rooted to his line and he's, he made he makes some great saves, don't get me wrong. He made a couple of great saves, you know, within inside sort of two minutes. But he's rooted to his line from crosses. He's a big lad, get out there and claim the ball and you know, we can then all sort of relax then. Um and he obviously the second goal he scored, Mina, nearly falling over the ball goes through his legs. You know, just just really poor stuff. So when I went back to three all, it was like oh, this is this is ridiculous. Um you see Calvert Lewin, obviously he's gone off. And you think, okay, Richard and Central don't mind that, but you know, Seamus Coleman comes on, doesn't he? And you think, you know, what what are we going to do here now? If, if Col- Coleman could... played well, didn't he? When he came he on, did, he, but... he just ran at them, didn't he? And he caused them problems. He, he basically pinned he pinned uh, uh, Ben Davis back, didn't he? By just by running with the ball. Yeah, he did. He did. But I think I think you know when when you're taking off a striker like Calvert Lewin, who's banging eighteen goals this season, yeah. obviously Seamus Coleman's coming on. It's like, well, we're sitting at three two here. If they score, which they did, what are we going to do? And it was like, you know, so when it went to three all, and obviously Bernard was was uh, on the pitch, hasn't been great this season. Um, 
So we, when it goes to four three, you think, right, hold it now, hold it. You know, let's not go into extra time. Game at the weekend, and we just shoot ourselves in the foot again. I can see another daft goal. You know, cross comes in over everyone, and it's just it's just Everton all over. Um, so it was definitely a game for the emotions and going through the emotions. But what what I will say, Pete, what a finish and, and what a ball from Sigerson, what a finish from Bernard, by the way. And if, if that's Hammers playing that pass that Sigurdsson played, we were talking about it for weeks with me because that that was lovely, lovely bit of football, lovely turn, little dink with his left foot, great touch. You know, Bernard's perfect, and what a finish that is to, to win the game. Yeah, it's unbelievable, wasn't it? I think he's got that guilty, hasn't he? He's a funny player. He can just be so nonchalant sometimes, but do something absolutely phenomenal that gets you know that gets remembered. And it's the fact, you know, the the swagger, the confidence he's got to turn the player and scoop it over. And yeah, what a finish from Bernard. But how, you know, how well did he do holding his run as well? Because initially, yeah, I don't know, yeah. because I thought, I thought, God, what a finish, but he's offside there. He's surely yeah. offside. And then when you look at the replay, he's been really clever. Um, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that sometimes, Bernard. I think he's a really smart player. I think he struggles a little bit physically sometimes. But yeah, what a goal to win the game. Um, I know we had to ride it out a little bit after that. And I just, I just had the feeling pens were coming, pens were coming, but yeah, credit to them. They knuckled down and we got it. Yeah, I mean Bernard's goal there. I mean, it's it's what's really clever about it. A, the way he holds his run, you're right, and he makes that dart. But it, it was actually on, you know, as a natural right footer, you're going to want to try and first of all take it with your right, and he's just let it run across his body, and that little movement, letting it run on across his body, just giving him the extra, the extra yard or two really away from the defenders. And he's lashed that with his left foot. I mean, that, that, that's a great finish, that on your weak foot. You know, Should I mean? Luis do better? Because he, he got hammered a bit, didn't he, Luis, for um, both the Richarlison one and, and the, the the Bernard finish as well? Yeah, the Richarlison one less so because it's gone through the player's legs. But I think if you look at it, it's kind of gone in between his, his legs and his arm. So it's kind of gone through that little gap between the two. And, you know, arguably you could say, yeah, look, Possibly should have saved it, but uh, you know, at, at that stage, I, I thought it was just very, very clever play from Bernard. The way he let it run across his body. Sigurdsson's such a weird player, though, isn't he? he? Really is. He's got three assists and a goal. Another really nonchalant penalty as well, looking at the keeper. And yet, he was at fault for arguably two of the goals as well. Possibly, you could even make a case at fault for the second one they scored, where um, he's slow to react uh, the ball into Lamella. He just kind of like he's just walking around and then. As Sigurdsson does, suddenly goes, oh, there's a ball on there, and then reacts that half a second too late, and gets into Lamella, and then Lamella plays the one-two and they score. You know, if if he's alive there, and, and, and you know, I would say a weight to the situation, he just simply cuts that pass out, and when they don't score, but he's such a strange player, Sigurdsson. You can see why he drives players mad. He seems uh, to thrive uh, so when he's just give, he's just given the freedom. You, you know, when you look at the roles he's played for Swansea and Iceland. Yeah. You know he's stuck up top, isn't he? And it, it, you know it's just give the give the ball to Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson's allowed to do what he wants. He's there to only attack. Uh, yeah. He's there to link up the play in the final third. But they've got no intention of him being anywhere near. Um, you know, you know the defence or being inside his own half. He's always in the final third all of the time. And I guess yeah, it, he, for Everton, he's had to play a bit of a different role, hasn't he? He's had to be deeper. He's had to he's had to press. And sometimes he's on it, but when he doesn't fancy it. Yeah, he goes missing and he gets found out. He does. And then Carlos used the word um, with Sigurdsson, like he's tactically intelligent. 
So, like, you know, he's, he's obviously an intelligent guy and he obviously takes instructions on board and he, he carries out the duties that he needs to do. But as I said before, he hasn't got an aggressive bone in his body, has he? You know what I mean? The amount of times he pulls out of tackles, the amount of times it's half tackles, the amount of times he kind of half presses, you know what I mean? It's kind of like he's, he's, he's just, he is a luxury player, really. And um, as we'll go on to touch, talk about with Fulham, you can't really have him, for me, and Hammers in the same team, you know what I mean? Because you're carrying too, too much lead then. Um, and you know, if you're really going to be super picky, Hammers is on another level, isn't he? Compared to him in terms of creativity as well. You know, don't get me wrong, you can't take anything away from that pass, uh, and that was Hammers like. But um, the problem with Sigurdsson and the reason why fans just tear their hair out with him is he's capable of that, but then he's also capable of just having about five absolute howlers after it, isn't he? Um, so yeah, but look, you know, great win, great for morale. Uh, get through to the quarterfinals. Everyone's on a high, and then you know, thinking right, we've got a gimme game in the week before we play City and Liverpool, haven't we, mate? Well, we've been here before, haven't we? You know, how many times have we said it this season? And I keep on saying it all the time. You know, you, you cannot. Doesn't matter who you're playing, especially this season with no fans in. You know, our home record is awful. By the way, you know it's it's not not a great not a great home record, but we're, we're great away. Uh, you know, which ties in with not again no fans being there, easier to play away than it is normally. And we said they Fulham are on a, on a bad side. I think they're going to probably not not a false position because they you know they've been probably quite naive in the in the in the first the first half of the season. But I think they've really picked up. They've got some some real good young young quality players there. Uh, Luckman's picked up over the course of the season as, as it's gone on. Uh, and Gleeser in the centre mid, he's, he's, he's a quality acquisition. They just got, you know, they've got a, a system now which I think they're understanding. Scott Park has, has done, I think, done quite well with them. They've drawn a lot of games recently. Um, you know, if he, would, if he would have won maybe sort of two or three of them, they'd, probably, you know, they'd, they'd be looking at being out of the relegation zone. So not, not, not a bad side at all. And that was a puzzle. That that game was a real puzzle for me, you know, in terms of obviously there was no no Calvert Lewin, which obviously you got a bit of a, uh, a hamstring tweak against um, against Spurs, so we knew we'd have to do something a little bit different. So I, I was a bit surprised not to see Josh King start. So obviously he's not quite at the races in terms of fitness. Um, so we were seeing Richardson a bit more essentially. Hammers and Sigurdsson lot of were obviously were up there. Um, but we were certainly lucky to go until half time at nil nil because I thought we were absolutely terrible, and we 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 had the warning signs were there. And if it's if it's me and the team at half time there, I'm putting a rocket up all of them because I thought and the only one who I, I had excused first half was probably Richardson. He had four touches in the first half, Richardson, because he had absolutely no service whatsoever. And I thought Hammers at times showed a little bit. There was a, a great ball he, he, he played to Gomez. Um, he was throwing, throwing tackles in as well, Hammers, to be fair. But I thought the rest of them were re- really, really poor. Um, and was, was it Holgate and Godfrey playing mm-hmm. at the back in the middle? Which I don't particularly want to see that again, to be honest with you, at the moment. I think, I, I don't be wrong, in their own right, I, I, I love Ben God, Godfrey. I think he's been a great signing. Holgate's obviously very good last season. I think he's been below par this season, by the way. I don't think it particularly works. I think we do need that stability of either Amina or Keane from the off. I don't know what you think about that, but I, I, we've gone around from saying, you know, over the last couple of years since we started recording this show, not sure about Keane and Amina at different times to saying 
one of them at least has got to start a game at this moment in time. Yeah, I think Carlo. I think Carlo got the team selection wrong completely. Um, mm. You know, he, he would admit that himself now. Um, and what was probably even more riling is that he sent the same team out second half. You know, I mean, he, when he should have probably made one, if not two, changes because it clearly wasn't working. Um, if you look at, if I cash your minds back, guys, to November when we played Fulham at their place. If you remember, Richarlison had been out, hadn't he, for three games. That was his first game back after the suspension. Um, and, you know, Fulham, even back then, were playing good football, but just, like, not not putting teams away because, you know, they, they lacked a goal scorer. And if you remember that game, we started like a train. You know, we were high, you know, pushed high up the pitch. If you remember that first goal, we forced them into a mistake. It got relayed into Richarlison. He does a lovely bit of skill, pulls it back, Dominic calvert in goal. And then, we had, again, similar thing. We pressed them high, won the ball off them, uh, and then we scored another. We went 2-0 up. And they basically did to us what we did to them at their place. They came, OK, look, there's a lot being made about the fatigue of the players, which Carlo was talking about, you know, with three days rest. They had eight days rest before the game. So, obviously, they were fresh for it. That's still no excuse, you know, that they turned up and they really... You've got to give Scott Parker credit. He's got his tactics absolutely spot on. You know, we couldn't get out of our own our own half. The defenders were struggling to get into uh, to get the ball into midfield through the lines. That was forcing us to go square along the back. Then we were recycling it to the full backs. We were then going back to the centre backs. And then when we did try and get it into the midfield as it was being lost, all of them, we were then going long. And obviously Calvert Lewin, uh, sorry, not Calvert Lewin, sorry, Richarlison wasn't winning anything. Uh, because obviously the defenders were just you know winning every ball in the air, so they let's be honest, half time nil nil flattered us. It could have been two or three nil, um, and you could see you always know when it's going wrong because Hamez was getting deeper and deeper again. You know he was he was trying to basically take control of the situation, saying, you know, look, get your foot on it, get your foot on, let just give you know almost like give it to me, I'll keep it and I'll try and play forward and. You know, he was just getting deeper and deeper. There was one bit where I think Decore, the ball dropped to him in the middle and he could have just brought it down and he just he, you know, just launched it in the air with his back to, uh, with his back to uh, the opposition. And Hammers just looked at him going, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Just get your foot on There's no one near you. But you know, you've got to give credit to Fulham. They really pressed us. And I was expecting us to play like that against them. I was expecting us to press them high up the pitch like we did at Craven Cottage and force them into mistakes. We all know Fulham like to play out from the back. They like to pass the ball. I mean, we made Harrison Reid look like Andre Pirlo in midfield, didn't he? He had all the time in the world to get the ball off the centre-backs. No one near him whatsoever. We were so, so deep. It was unbelievable. And we're so deep, arguably, with our two fastest centre-backs as well. I mean, we should be playing a high line with fast centre-halves. You know what I mean? And 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 I don't whether we were forced back. I think it was probably. I don't. I don't think they were tactics from Carlo at all. Do you like to say, look, let's just sit as deep as possible against these because we know Fulham are like Man City. Well, obviously not. Um, and that and I think I don't know. What, I, I'm interested to get your your opinion on this, uh, boys. But I think Carlo has won so many games playing that sort of deep low block, and then obviously being a threat on the counter. And we've won a lot of games that way. That it's almost hard to come out of that. And try and play like you know what I would call front foot football. Do you see what I mean? I, I think like they've almost kind of got used to dropping so deep that we can happy will happy happily defend that all day, but then try and carry a threat on the counter. But obviously against Fulham, certainly at home, even with no crowd, you don't want to play that way, do you? You want to play front foot football and, and like we did at their place. So you know 
the Everton of the start of the season where we were very attacking is very different, I think, to the Everton we see now where we sort of sit off and try and like you know defend the sort of, like I said, a low block. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. There's no football being played, was there, in that midfield? I think that, that was the most disappointing thing for me. It was probably Decore's worst game, I think, um, and Gomez as well. Uh, I think when you looked at the three that we had in the middle, none of them looked to play football forward. It was all, it was all very, very side to side. A lot of long balls from the centre-backs as well. Mason Hall. They were being pressed though, mate. When it That's came right, on, wasn't it? Hitting long balls into Gilfie Sigurdsson and Hamas Rodriguez. It, it just it seemed lost uh, and really sort of uninspired. And the only sense I can make of that team selection is Carlos surely must be looking at the Man City and Liverpool games. And he must he must be trying to preserve legs. You know the fact we didn't see Alex Awobi, that Josh King didn't start yet. Maybe that that's about fitness, but maybe it's also about um, you know that the team he put out should have been good enough to beat Fulham. Um, and we've got games against Man City and Liverpool where we're going to be long periods without the ball, and that means we need pace, we need counter attack, we're going to have to try and get up the pitch quickly. Um, you know we're surely not going to see that front three play against. Um, against uh, City or Liverpool. So it it just seemed a bit mangled, really. And the full-backs never got high up. That's what I, I couldn't understand either. We had Seamus Coleman and Luca Dean. Dean got a, a bit high up in the first half, but there was no sort of momentum to the play. There was there was no no attempt to sort of play football. It, it was really, really odd, and it was terrible to watch. Um, so I just hope we don't see a performance like that again. And I, I know what you're saying, Lee, about you know, give Fulham credit and give Scott Parker credit for his tactics, but it was basic football, wasn't it? And I think that's the thing that would have upset most Evertonians. It was, you know, really, really basic, organised football. Um, and it should take more than that to be, you know, an Everton team pushing for the top four at home. Um, it, it was more of a case that we were awful, I think, than than Fulham brought anything. Yeah, and, and on, that, on that note, in terms of how we played the game, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You mentioned there, Peter, about having one eye on Man City and Liverpool totally agree. Rightly or wrongly, that was definitely part of the thinking for me. There's no way he was going to throw Allen back in against Fulham when he's got City and Liverpool coming up. So Allen back on the bench was great, you know, out, out of the blue. I mean, we've seen this a few times this season with Carla where says players are fit and they are. Um, so that, that obviously that was positive. As I say, Josh King, I thought he would have got to start. Um, Carl did, did say in, in his in his press conference today about Josh King. You know he is going to start sometime in the future, so I don't even think we're going to see him start against City. To be honest with you, um, but I was yeah. I, I looked looked at the team and still thought it, that, that side's good enough to, to be Fulham. You know it. Um, we should be we should be hundred percent winning that game and and making making sure we keep ourselves in the mix for the top four. But. Whether or not the, the game against Spurs impacted it in, in terms of tiredness, Carlo again did say in his press conference before the Fulham game, we're not physically there, we're not physically 100%. So that tells you he suffered a bit after a long uh, 120 minutes against Spurs. Um, so a combination of that, a combination um, of one eye on City and Liverpool, and a combination... Again, the, the the third one is like you said, Lee. I just think that we that that Carl probably probably just got it wrong. He just got it wrong. But I don't think that you know playing that kind of formation and style of football against a Fulham side, who were you know we were always going to come for me and play 
uh, a high pressure game because they they're trying to push together goal. They're going to be quite attacking, and once you give that ta- that kind of team a goal head start, there's no way back at the moment for us. That's just that's just how we're playing. Um, but it was massively massively disappointing. It was just you know we, we keep on seeing it. We've seen it against West Ham, against Newcastle. You could argue against Leeds, but that was an end to end game. You know away at Southampton, we were just having, we're just not turning up. And the question is why? What? Why is that? Why aren't we? You know, thinking well, we got we go level on points here in Liverpool for one, and twice we've been in that position now where we, we can either go on the same points as them or go above them. Got the derby coming up. You must think as a player, look at this. This is great. This get level on points with them playing City midweek. Get something from that game, and we're above them going to the derby. What a turnaround that would be for compared to last season. And I, I do question. We talk about and I hate it mentality shift and. You know, we're, there certainly has been a shift. Look at the United game, look at the Tottenham game, those kind of games. But they, these these games, your bread and butter games, that's where you need to be winning. They're the most important games of the season. Games that you should be winning, you have got to win. Otherwise, when it comes to May, we're going to look back and we're going to say, why didn't we finish top six? And we'll look back to Fulham, West Ham, Newcastle, Leeds, those kind of games that we should be winning. For me, it's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think um, you know, those are the games we've struggled in this season. Don't get me wrong, it's been a really topsy-turvy season. But what that game needed was a real professional performance. You know what I mean? Yes, we were leggy. Yes, some players were playing, you know, obviously three games in a week. But you've got to give out a professional performance there. You know what I mean? You know, you've got to just keep it tight, you know, and, and, and just try and get that first goal. But like I said before, though, what what I think you're asking there, Mike, what's the difference between Everton, you know, against these better sides and again the sort of teams we should be beating? I th- I, I genuinely think we're sort of caught between two stools, Everton, because Carlo knows we can win games playing a really defensive style of football, like sitting off, like I was saying before, playing that sort of like low block. But also also at the same time, I think you know, games that require us to be a bit more front foot. I don't think, you know, like we were at the start of the season, I don't think it's, I think we're finding it harder to, you know, like I said, we're, t- we're almost caught between two stools, I think. If you watch that game there, look how deep that defence was against Fulham. Now, Fulham like to play footy. Fulham have done that to other teams this season. You know, they, they absolutely battered Leicester the other day. They battered West Ham as well. You know what I mean? And and they didn't get anything in that game so they couldn't score a goal. But it's the most Everton thing then. The guy that they signed instead of Josh King, because they lost out on him last minute, ends up getting the two goals. You know what I mean? And it, that's again the most Everton thing ever. And it, you know, he's making he's making his, his his you know his first start for them, and he ends up getting two goals. But that that those goals were coming. We could see that a mile off. And like I said before, what annoyed me is that Carlo didn't change it at half time. Carlo has been amazing for this football club. He's been like the, one of the best things that's happened to us. But he's also not immune to criticism. You can still support the manager, but then you know overall and and. and support the direction we're going in. Like he said in the press conference today, you know, look at Everton a year ago, look at us now, let's look at the bigger picture. And he's right, he is right. But, you know, inwardly, he'll be thinking, yeah, he would have had that game down as a banker, wouldn't he? And then we'd have gone, you know, we'd have gone joint fourth. As a result, West Ham had a professional performance, they won their game. Chelsea had a professional performance, they won their game. And then they've now obviously kicked on that little bit further ahead. And for me, you mentioned there, Pete, he was probably looking ahead at the City and the Liverpool game. For me, for me, that that was the game he had to win. Because, you know, if you can get anything out of the City game at the minute with the way they're playing, bonus. 
And obviously, we all know Derby's a Derby, and our record in it recently, regardless of how Liverpool are playing, is useless, isn't it? So I'm just so annoyed that we've, we we sort of threw that threw that game away. And I know you said don't give any credit to Fulham or don't take it away. I, they deserved those points. They, they could have won four or five nil. It wouldn't have flattered them. Um, wouldn't have flattered them at all. Yeah. Well, if, funnily enough, something I want to bring up quickly before we, we we move on from that disaster um, and, and look ahead. Someone asked us yesterday. I, I thought it was a real, a really um, important question to ask. And they they asked whether you know the games that we, we we've been losing against, like the Fulham, um, West Ham, Newcastle. We keep on mentioning the same the same games. They they've asked us. It's uh, Simon on on Twitter. Uh, SG underscore AFC. Whether we think it could be down to um, Carlo and maybe Carlo being a little bit arrogant to th- those kind of games, thinking that we can just turn up. Now, I, I, I sort of, you know, in my opinion, and obviously I throw the question to you two as well because I think I think it's a good question. You know, whether again, it's not it's not about sort of slating the mind yet. It's 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 a case of well, he's been there, done that. Um, these are bread and butter games. He thinks a side just can just turn up and win a game. So I don't think that that is it. That that is the case. I think me personally, it's down to player attitude. The system was wrong, as we said already. Um, the personnel aren't quite there in terms of probably being able to just adjust to so many different systems. So in terms of the quality of personnel, um, they're not quite at the races in terms of that. Um, and maybe a lack of ideas from the players' point of view as well. You know, they, they play within themselves for, for whatever reason. I don't think Carl comes across as an arrogant man in any way, way, shape or form. I don't know what your, your two thoughts are on that. Pete, do you want to answer it? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I don't, I don't think it's got anything to do with, with arrogance. I think it's about personnel. Um, for me, one of the reasons, you know, we, we didn't end up sort of playing like a 4-3-3 like we'd expect with sort of fullbacks pushing on in a single pivot is that I don't think he's confident the midfield playing like that without Allen. I don't think Tom Davies, the way Tom Davies is at the moment, the type of player he is, I don't think he can fulfil that role for us. Um, and whether it's back to him, you know, trusting his players within certain limits to do certain roles. Uh, so our football suffers. And I think maybe that's why we were a bit lost tactically. Um, and I think probably if you look back, to, to some of the games we have lost, well, arguably we should have won. You know, we've not been full strength, um, or we, you know, we've been dealing with injuries. Um, so, no, I, I definitely don't. I don't think it is that. Um, I, I don't think that would make sense at all. Otherwise, for me, we would have been losing a lot more games than uh, than we have done. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's arrogance whatsoever. I think Carlo thinks that that team would have been good enough to beat the team that they were putting on the pitch. Um, you know, we've lost home and away to Newcastle. Um, you know, and, and that's just not good enough. You know, if you want to get into European football, you, you've, you've got to be taking points. Uh, you know, a real opportunities here um, to take points. But I think, um, like I said before, I think it's. I think it's a combination of multiple factors, but he he definitely got that 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 um, those players. I mean, Decore was having to sacrifice himself by you know dropping onto the right side to cover Hammers, wasn't it, and to help Coleman at, at right back. That takes away from Decore's game, you know, because he's obviously box to box and he's probably been our best player last few weeks. Um, 
And if you look at David Alexander-Hughes put a great tweet out the other day about the average position of our players in that match. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Uh, I mean, it, was, that it was appalling. It's shocking to see. It's like every, yeah. literally every player was like bunched into the middle of the pitch. There was no width. Luca Dean was out on his own on the left side. Um, if you look at the average positions, but they shut Luca Dean down. They, you know, teams will know that teams that most of our threat comes down the left hand side through Luca Dean, and they they shut that side down. Uh, and you know, it almost made his his attacking intent redundant. I think Luca Dean his passing completion was seventy five percent, which was the lowest for him by a mile all season. So, you know, there was two on one on him all the time, shutting him down. Um, as I said, Hammers was dropping deeper all the time to try and impact the game. That nullifies his threat in the other side of the pitch. So, yeah, it was a multiple of factors, but we need to sort that out. But if you look at, if you look, like I said, look at the Fulham game when we played them at their place, even look at the Spurs game in midweek, right? Look at the goal that Calvert-Lewin scored, Mike. You know the goal that Calvert-Lewin scored? How did we score yeah. that goal? We won the ball high off the pitch, didn't we? We won it in their third you know, we won the always ball. Pressure, off. It's always pressure. Yeah, exactly. So we were pressing them high at the pitch. We forced we forced uh, Hoiberg into a mistake, and it, it was like bam, 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 wasn't it? Three touches, lovely touch from Sigurdsson, Calvert Lewin, bang, goal, and 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 that that for me is how we should be playing against those teams. We should be brave enough to go. We're going to just we're going to push our midfield up, push our defense up to halfway if we have to, and we're going to we're going to force you into a mistake. And that's how we should have played against Fulham. I guarantee if we had pushed high up the pitch from the first whistle and pressured them into their side of the pitch, we'd have won that game easy. In the end, we all know Fulham can play nice footy. We all know we've seen them play nice footy. If you give them the time to play, they'll play nice football. And I think that's the problem. You know, that's the problem we had there. We retreated and then we couldn't get out of that rut at all. And that's mm. why, you know, when we did change it slightly, it looked a little bit better. I mean, Josh King should have scored there. He should have held his run and he should have made it 2-1. It was a lovely ball from Gomez. Um, There's a lot of criticism for Carlo for the subs, you know, saying taking Tom Davis off, who again, probably wasn't the worst player. But, you know, what he needed was someone to get the ball from the centre-halves and be brave enough to play it through midfield and play it forward. How many times were we shuffling the ball along the back there, lads? Do you know what I mean, in that game? It was just side to side to side to side to side. And then, like you said, Pete, there's no pass on into midfield. They were going long up to Gilfie Sigurdsson. Well, Sigurdsson's not going to win a header against a six foot five centre half, is he? Do you know what I mean? So we we, we got absolutely schooled in that game. It, you know, we got absolutely schooled, and we never looked like we were in it from, from from the first whistle. And Carlo really needs to address that to try and give us this last push into the uh, into the uh, European places. You know, it'll be typical of Everton now. City have won sixteen out of sixteen. It'd be typical of Everton now to go and win that game. Yes. I mean, like, you know, lose to Fulham at home and then go and beat City on a 16-game winning streak. Do you know what I mean? But look, I, I don't want to be melodramatic, but for me, if we don't get something out of the next two games, top four is absolutely over, and I don't think we'll get top six either. When you look at the bum that we've got coming up, we, we need to get something out of one of these next two games. Yeah, I think yeah. so as well. well if you look, you look at Chelsea have massively improved, haven't they, since Tuchel's come in? Um, mm-hmm. you know, look at West Ham. You know, look at credit to David Moyes. You know, David Moyes is as, as they look very Everton like, don't they? They look really hard to beat, and they've got they've got a bit of uh, attacking talent going forward. And you know, they could have lost that game against Sheffield United the other day. They could have lost the game against Fulham when they got battered, but they didn't. They didn't lose the game against Fulham. They hung on for a draw, and then they right, rode out a storm in the second half against Sheffield United, and ended up getting the second and third goals. You know, they're well in the mix, West Ham here. 
they're well in the mix. You know, whether whether we think we're a better team than them or not, on paper, I would say we are. But they're win they're winning games, aren't they? Yeah, well, exactly right. And we, we keep on saying it, consistency is is key. And this season especially, if you put any kind of run together, we've done it ourselves a couple of times and it's obviously put us right up there. So we, if, we can, if we can get back to being consistent and putting together wins, picking up points consistently, then there's no reason why we can't obviously stay up there within, within that, that top six area. But the, these next two games, you know, they're... The 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 crucial for me, and as much you know, if we beat Fulham, then this the game against City is a free hit. You know, pretty much a free hit. We we know what to expect with City. You know, the flying high, like you say, sixteen wins on the spin. They're just just looking like the Man City of a of a few years ago, aren't they? They just clicked. Um, but now we go into the game, like you said, Pete. We need to be looking at these two games now, and certainly picking up points, whether that's a couple of draws or winning one. Of the two games, that's what we need to be need to be doing. Um, but let's 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 look at look at the city game because obviously it's uh, we're recording on the on the eve of that game. Um, city are flying, look, looking as I said, looking looking exceptional once again. Um, and we know we've got no Dominic Calvert Loon confirmed today by by Carlo uh, Jordan Pickford. He said will start if he comes through training today. Um, Hammers is fine to play. Allen's in contention to start. Um, so we're pretty much we're, we're we're not we're not far off full strength really, are we? In terms of what we obviously we'd love Calvert Lewin there because he's he's our, our number one striker, of course he is. But we're not far off having the players that we want to pick from uh, from the off. But it's a game, Pete. Which you know, if we get if we do get something from it. It's a massive, massive positive. Not to sound defeatist, it's just a little bit of an acceptance of where we are and where they are. And if they if they click and play in sort of third or fourth gear, we're, we're going to struggle, aren't we? Especially with, you know, how we played against Fulham and, and probably how, how the players are feeling after that as well. Well, definitely. I mean, number one, they're on another level, aren't they? Uh, you know, as a team, particularly at the moment, they seem to have found momentum. They seem to have found a... A way of playing, you know, without some of their top top players, you know, Aguero's not been in that um, in that team regularly for a little while now. They're not heavily reliant on um, Gabriel Jesus, who loves a goal against us, by the way. Um, again, uh, De Bruyne's had uh, had an injury, and Gudongan's managed to step up. I know he's a major doubt, isn't he, for for the fixture? But they've just got so much quality, um, and you know, Guardiola seems to have got them in a a way of playing at the moment where they're just steamrolling teams and they're, they're playing fantastic and they're feeling great. And if you look at where we're at, yeah, Alan's coming back in, but it'll be his, you know, his first game back if he does start. Um, we're still not quite at full strength. It will probably mean readapting the system, arguably going back to a way of playing that suits us better. And um, we've always said that we, it's almost like you get an, an additional player out of Decore. If, as soon as Alan's in that team, You've got a box-to-box Decore um, who seems to be enjoying himself and he's just such a force to be reckoned with once he starts running with the ball and in and around the box. He tends to make the right decisions. Um, so, you know, you'd be far more optimistic, I think, looking at an Everton team with Allen in the centre of that midfield. And hopefully, yeah, either Josh King would start or Iwobi would play who can carry the ball, who can make something happen. But, 
I mean, even the draw would be, I, I think, a momentous result against the team that, you know, they're just free scoring, aren't they? And they, they, they look like they've shored up things at the back. But I think early on in the season, they really struggled defensively. Um, but the, the young lad they've got playing alongside Stones, Ruben Diaz. Diaz. Yeah, yeah, Diaz has been what phenomenal. What a player he seems to be. And he seems to have got John Stones back on form. And it was only, I think, at the transfer window we were saying, would we have him back? Um, mm-hmm. Because he doesn't seem to be fancied and he seems to have lost his confidence. But, you know, uh, credit to John Stones. He's he's back on the team sheet. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Because the, the, you know, like you say, from a, def- a defensive point of view, City didn't start the season particularly well. They couldn't seem to settle, could they, in terms of, you know, the, the two at the back. And it's obviously, Diaz has looked very, very strong, hasn't he? John Stones seems to look, look a different player. We, we we know, obviously, all about John Stones' ability on his day, but he seems to have settled as well. Gundogan's been the biggest success story of the season, really, in terms of how he's picked up the mantle of scoring goals. We, we always knew he had, he had he had ability and quality, but he's now... His, his, his goal scoring has gone to a different level and it has been confirmed by, by Guardiola today that he's not in the squad. He will be playing against us, which is a, which is an absolute bonus for us, by the way. Um, but it's Man City. They, they've got quality in that squad. They can bring players in to do it, to do a similar job. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about, you know, trying to, trying to hurt Man City. You know, De Bruyne is not going to be playing, you know, which again, is a bonus. Aguero's not ready, so you've you've got you've got three of their their major players there who who aren't playing, but they've been playing well without De Bruyne and Aguero for weeks, haven't they? So it's 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 such a difficult game, and in terms of Man City's form, you 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 can't. And again, you don't want to sound too defeatist, but you know you have to be a bit of a realist as well. Like you said, Peter, if you get if you get a point from the game, then you're delighted with it, aren't you? Um, but what do you think? There, you know, are you going in there with a bit more positivity? Do you think we can we can get something from the game? Um, look, you take a draw right now. They've won sixteen games on the spin. Um, I was reading the other day that um, they lost when they lost to Spurs way back when, and they've been on this winning run. Um, they had two team meetings, uh, one organised by Fernandinho, and then one organised by Guardiola and. Essentially, from what Fernandinho was intimating, was that I sat every one of the players in, down and basically just said, "What are we doing here? You know, this. What, what are we as a team?" And effectively questioned everyone, saying, "What are you doing here?" And since then, it's obviously worked because they've gone on this ridiculous run. They've broken all kinds of records doing it. But if you look at them on that run initially when they started it, they went on the run not free scoring City that we, you know, that we've become accustomed to seeing, but by being solid, they were winning a lot of games: one nil, one nil, two nil. And then since they've built on that defence, they've then become more and more confident going forward because they know they're just keeping clean sheets. So they then started now, started scoring goals in the last sort of, I would say, you know, four to six weeks now. They've started being City that we've become to expect as they've become more and more confident. You know, I think Pete mentioned Diaz. He, he's been their best signing. He's been absolutely phenomenal at the back for him. Um, obviously, they paid a lot of money for him. They've... You know, they've spent money, loads of money on defenders, Guardiola, since he's been there. Some of them have worked, some of them haven't. I really, really like Cancelo. I think he's a lovely footballer. You know, he, he's a guy that um, can play in multiple positions. Um, he's, he's probably the first choice at left-back and right-back Cancelo now. Um, and um, he's that good. And he's been getting forward and creating chances. Um, they just look a really, really, like, f- 
top outfit at the minute, City. And and what what's even more amazing about it, as Pete just alluded to, is no Aguero, who's arguably been probably the best striker in the league for the last five or six years, and no De Bruyne for the last what five or six five or six games. So that shows you how well they've done. And Gundogan, you know. We all know Gundogan. He's been a lovely footballer. We all know he has. He's got he's got great feet. He's intelligent. Guardiola loves intelligent players. He's now pushed him forward. And look at him. He's scoring goals for fun. You know, he he looks he's almost like Iniesta like, doesn't he? With 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 the way he's playing at the minute, he's just everything's coming off. Um, and obviously that goal against Spurs, the day, when you saw it, Paul Sanchez, did you see it? Where he's you know yeah yeah, yeah. He faked the shot, and Sanchez is doing his best Bill Jones impression by basically like trying to block it with his head, wasn't he? Um, I've fallen over, but um, it'd be good news that Gundawan isn't playing because he's been so influential for them. But then you know Gundawan doesn't play. You know they, they bring they bring quality in. You know I mean they've got they've got Bernardo Silva, they've got Mares, they've got Sterling. You know like Pete said, Hazes I reckon will probably start because he he, he scores he scores against us every single time. His movement's really good. Um, yeah, I mean in in an ironic way, like I said, it may suit us because we'll definitely be sitting off. Uh, being resolute and hard to beat and we've just got to make sure we're in the game if you're in the game against City after 60 minutes then, you, then you've got a chance uh, I think that's the way you beat this City team in the minute you've got to be hard to beat don't concede and then just make sure you're in the game with half an hour to go and then you know try and have a bit of a spell yourself um, but you know I think he'll start Alan. I think Alan will definitely come in um, and I think he'll pretty much go um, full strength other than obviously Calvert-Lewin um, not playing. It's such a shame Calvert-Lewin isn't playing because I think Calvert-Lewin would cause them problems um, just with his strength. His, 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 you know, Guardiola's a known admirer of his, isn't he? Um, and one thing Calvert-Lewin does give you when we play that way is that he will hold the ball up and he will and he will win headers. Um, my slight worry is if you've got Richarlison there, he's not going to win any headers above their centre-halves and the ball could just be just penned back. You know, they'll pen us in. And they'll just keep and they'll keep on recycling the ball as City do, looking for two v ones out wide. I've said it before: the amount of goals they score, they get in behind the fullback two v one and just cut back goal, cut back goal every single time. Um, mm. So we have to be wary of that. Um, but in a weird way, as I was criticising against Fulham for being so deep, that that system being deep and being hard to beat will probably suit us against City. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, to, totally agree. And I think I think we've got to we've got to go back to probably having Mead and Keane back at centre half. I, th- I think those two not playing against Spurs when it came to both def- defending set pieces and also our attacking set pieces, we lost a lot. No, no Calvert Lewin as well, so our height was gone. So we weren't a threat from something which we we've done so well from obviously all all season. Um, I think Pickford will come back in goal, as, as Carl's already alluded to. Like I said, Alan back in midfield. It'd be great to see if we can get sort of that that midfield three back together again in terms of, um, or whether it's Gomez or Davis with with the Corey and, and Alan. Um, maybe play Hammers a bit more centrally and and, and ask you your two fullbacks to to overlap. But we need to be obviously conservative and. Um, have a bit of stability, but we also we, we need to find a balance. We can't just play the whole ninety minutes, just sitting and sitting and sitting and hoping we don't concede the goal. Because, like you say, when when there's no Calvert Lewin to hold the ball, so if you've got to go long and relieve the pressure, he can win a foul. You know, bring the ball down his chest, bring other players in. If there's no um, pressure valve releasing Dominic Calvert Lewin, 
we've, we, we run the risk of just being totally, totally pushed back for the whole game. So we, we've got it. We've got to be. We've got to be clever. We've, we've got to make sure that we we do offer something going forward. Um, but really, really difficult game. You know, City is such a such a good side in great form. They're going to win the league. It's quite quite clear to to see that. Not going to be stopped now. Um, but listen, listen. Like you said, it wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if we get something from the game or even win the game. No one ever after such a poor performance against against Fulham, obviously a few days earlier. But let, let's let's have predictions for that game if we can, Pete. What are we saying? We'll go for an optimistic nil nil. <laughs> that is optimistic. Must concede the goal. Lee, I'm hoping for a draw. I'm hoping for one one. Um, Reason I say that is I just think Carlo got a reaction, didn't he, after we were so poor against Newcastle. Um, he, he apparently addressed the team, expressed how disappointed he was. And then everyone absolutely ran their backsides off against Leeds, didn't they? Um, so if we've got the legs in us, um, I do think I do think we'll, uh, we'll get a reaction. Uh, well, Carlo will certainly demand a reaction. So I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'm hoping, hoping to get something from the game, hoping for a draw. Um, I'd probably say my heart saying one all, my head saying a three-one defeat. <laughs> that's what, that's what we're looking. Uh, but hopefully not. You know, hopefully get something from that game going into a Merseyside derby. Which, if we get something from that game and go to Anfield and, and win for the first time since 1999. Then we, we go we go above them and like I said earlier on what a turnaround that would be because we're you know potentially we're going into a derby against the Liverpool side who are really struggling for form um, still still a dangerous side you know you've you've got to appreciate how good Liverpool are on the day they've shown it already this season you know they've when they did put a run together how how strong they still are um, they they'll tell you that the the reason that the wheels have fell off this season is because of Jordan Pickford. Um, I I suggest otherwise. Um, but I don't know. It, it's it's funny. It's funny going to Anfield, you know, in with a shout. And we, we said how many times we said, we said that over the years where we've been having a decent season, think we can go there and get something. But in in with a shout of of, of beating them at their place because for me, just I think that the biggest thing with Liverpool is that the the whole. Mentality monster thing, which the which they had last season, which I I hate by the way, I hate that expression. Um, but all of that side of things, the fact that they, you know, they were so good before lock. I think maybe they believed in you know the the their own ability, and and they got a little bit arrogant. I think they've been arrogant this season. I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm I'm not a bit, not a big fan of theirs anyway, as 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 all of us aren't. But I think they they believe their own hype almost. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about arrogance and whether Carl's arrogance, no, he's not. But I think the other side of the park, I think there's certainly an element of that. And they've been found out this season in quite a number of games, games that they should they should be winning on paper. They've not been winning. Um, and they've still got all the, the same individuals. And they, again, they'd have you believe, you know, they, they've, they've brought in even more quality to that side. So for me, you know, it's 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 great to see them struggling. I'll be honest with you. Um, well, we've got to go there, Pete, haven't we? With a, a sense of belief that one, we can go there and win the game. First and foremost, make no mistake about it. 
but, but, but play that way. Play with with the belief that we have got the quality to go there and cause some damage. We've got we've you know I know we've 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 had some really poor games in recent weeks and over the course of the season. But on our day when we click with the likes of Hammers and the quality he's got, Richardson, Calvert Lewin's goals, Alan back in midfield, the core, you know, we've got quality there to, to cause them some problems. They're not playing, they've got no centre halves again, they'll keep telling you though they just bought two. Um but that's the weakness. So we've got to go there, haven't we, Pete, and believe we can go and win that game. Well, that's, it. that's why we need a response after Fulham because it's all about what Everton turns up at Anfield. You know, if I know we keep going back to, well, at least I keep going back to the first game of the season. If that Everton side turns up anywhere, we beat anyone on our day. Um, so I, I think, again, that's why the City game is important. It's important, number one, in terms of legs and energy because we're going to be without the ball for long, long periods. Um, you know, and number two, injuries. Uh, and, and sort of squad quality. So if we can put out a team against Liverpool that's close to our best and we have Calvert-Lewin back, we cause some problems. And for me, Calvert-Lewin scores against against those centre-halves. Um, yeah, they've missed Van Dijk. Yeah, the, the goalkeeper's having some kind of crisis. I don't know what he's been doing recently. He's been making absolutely nuts decisions. Um, cold feet, Pete. Cold feet. <laughs> Yeah, Pickford stepped on his toe when they shook hands at the end of last derby. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, surely that's some kind of communication issue that that's sort of going on with the squad, and that you know Thiago that they brought into midfield. Yeah, he's a lovely footballer and he's neat, but he doesn't seem to be um, in with the rest of them when it comes to pressing and throwing in, uh, throwing in tackles and intensity defensively uh, or pressing high up. So, it, you know, it, it really depends. I think on on Wednesday night. I think if we can put in a good performance, come out of it without any sort of big injuries, and, you know, we're playing football again. You know, we look like a, an Everton side with, again, that word, identity and momentum. I think we can go to Anfield and cause them a lot of problems and, yeah, maybe come away with a a famous win. Do you, do you think, sorry, Lee, do you, do you think Wednesday, Lee, has a big impact on the on the derby, or do you just think that, like we said earlier on, it would have been a bit of a free hit if we would have beaten Fulham? Um, so does it really impact how we sort of approach that game against Liverpool? Would it impact our our sort of morale, confidence, um, or do you just think, well, you know, it's uh, it's Man City, the derby is what it is. It's a it's a game in its own right and. And we can just 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 attack it the same way as as we would do, whether we play City, you beat City, lose against them, whatever it might be. Also, affect our confidence if we lose five nil, because um, we've conceded eight goals in two games. You know what I mean? Before the Fulham game, uh, so you could say ten goals in three games. So you know we've we've you know we've we've certainly not been as resolute at the back. And as I said, I go back to the fact I think we're just caught between two stalls in terms of how we want to play. Pete just mentioned Everton that first game of the season. It wasn't just the first game of the season; the first ten games of the season that we won, um, you know, and we, we played, we played, you know, in, in all competitions, and we were playing some lovely footy, weren't we? You know, those first, those first ten games, um, we were free flowing, attacking, um, scoring goals for fun, um, and then since then, since we've had injuries, Carlo's almost retreated a little bit and gone right. I've got to find another way of winning. We've got these fixtures coming up over December. We've got key players out. He's found a way to win games against some good sides. 
and then as I said, we've almost like stuck with that way of playing really. And then I think we find it then hard to make the transition into playing like we were at the start of the season. What worries me slightly is that when teams presses high, like Fulham did the other day, like Spurs did us in patches as well, we find it very difficult to get out. Um, and, and as we've showed, we've conceded goals playing that way. So what what do City and Liverpool both do really well? You know, they, they both press really high at the pitch and try and win the ball back in your third. We're going to have to be on our, on our game in both those games. And certainly Liverpool. Liverpool can be beat for me at the minute. They're all over the place. Um, Klopp, Klopp's looking vulnerable as well. Um, I know he's sadly lost his mother recently. He's actually doesn't look himself, but he, he, he's, he's looking for answers. Um, there's obviously been some sort of disconnect. I, I think if you were to ask him, he probably wanted a, a top centre off in January and was probably refused that. You know, the lad they signed from Preston can't even get on the bench. Um, there's kids ahead of him. That Quebec, you know, again, looked so, so slow the other day. And the way Liverpool play, um, for me, the, the problem that Liverpool have got at the minute is, is, is losing those two centre-halves who are both quick and who both back themselves in 1v1 defending has meant that Henderson's had to drop back into centre-half and Fabinho has at times as well. They've therefore lost their ball winners who win the ball high up the pitch in midfield. Like Pete just said, Thiago's not really a ball winner. He's a liability defensively. You can knock the ball around all day with little no-look passes and all that, but he's not doing anything. You know, if you're going to boil it down to it, Edison's got one assist this season, Thiago's got none. You know what I mean? So that, that says it all. But um, that's that's the problem. It's an amalgamation of issues. They've had to move their, their ball winners into defence, which has meant that they're not winning the ball high up the pitch anymore like they were in, you know, when they were at their, at their best last season. And as a result of that, their front three aren't firing. And what are teams doing who are beating them? They're just basically sitting off and going, go on then, break us down. Break us down. West Brom, West Brom went to their place and won. won. You know what I mean? And then Brighton, Brighton did the same thing. And then look at Leicester the other day. You know, Leicester just completely sat off showed next to nothing in terms of attacking intent. And then, you know, once they did go a goal down, they went for him and they scored three goals. So, for me, Liverpool, this is, you know, OK, a derby's a derby in isolation. Form doesn't come into it as such. We know that. This is a real opportunity here to play like we've been playing, where we've had success against the sort of better sides. Again, to play similar to how we do against City, to sit off. Be resolute, difficult to be, and then but have that attacking attacking intent going forward. This is an opportunity to break this hoodoo, I think, this weekend. Um, and in answer to your question, Mike, as I said, it's it's vital. We you know if we do come on the wrong side of a, a result against City, it's how we lose, isn't it? It's how we lose. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's have we lost a really tight game and put a good shift in? Or have we been absolutely embarrassed like we were against Fulham the other day? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how the players react because Carlo's definitely got a tune out of him, like I said, when they've come off a bad result. Um, and we'll be interesting to see how they react uh, react tomorrow night. What would you call it? Would you call it a must-win, the derby? You know, obviously we've got the, the City game coming before them. You even take that out of the equation. Is it a must-win game for us to... One, maybe stay in the Champions League race. Two, get Europe full stop. And three, we talk about mentality. We've seen certainly a mentality shift against the better sides this season. You know, is it, would it be another sign of the fact that this mentality of Everton going to these 
these better sides, and Anfield in particular, because we never win there. Will that show that things certainly are shifting? Do you think? Because for me, the the, the derby, you can you can put it somewhere between. They're not lose, and must win for me. It's it's that important because one, I want European football, and the squad is good enough, you know, on our day to to be battling in Europe, um, and and doing well in Europe, and two, I want to finish above them. Of course I do. You know what what a what a what a, a fall from Greece it's been so far for them um, in terms of a title defence. Some people have called it, you know, probably one of the worst or weakest defences they've seen. Um, but I want to finish above them. You know, I'd, I'd love, love, love nothing more. So for me, the correct question to both of you, Pete comes to you first. Must win. It's a must win for the top six. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. You look at where we are now in, in, in the table, especially after the Fulham game, like Lee said earlier, Chelsea are just on the rise. To, you know, Tuchel is getting a tune out of them, especially since he's gone back to that system that they won the league with. And he's got a, you know, a, a lot of the players in the same squad that, you know, that are Premier League winners. Uh, so I think Chelsea are, you know, probably nailed on for top four. Spurs are probably in a similar position to us in that if they, if they don't get, you know, a good run out of the next two or three games, their top six is is over. So, yeah, we, we have to get, I think, at least three points from the next two games, whether that's against City or Liverpool. And you think Liverpool's our best bet um, in order to stay in there. And, and I think that's the worry for me. And I'm trying not to be ultra, ultra negative, but this is the way it normally goes for Everton. Once we sort of psychologically realise that we've lost out on, the, you know, on what we're aiming for, we tend to taper off, don't we? Um and then have some bad results, and it, it, then it all becomes about next season. So I think it's going to be a really big test right now for squad mentality, but also, you know, leadership, not just in the dressing room. I think, um, you know, a lot of it's going to fall on Carlo's shoulders. How will he manage the team through this period, which is probably now the most crucial time of the season? Lee, agree? Well, you want to say it's must win, but I don't think it'll be an easy win. We've got to, we've got to dispel a lot of hoodoos there to get a win. I think for me, um, yeah, we, we've got to go in there and, and, and get a result. We've got to, you know, you lose a couple of games, it's that tight now. You suddenly can find yourself in ninth or, ninth or fourth. You know, that's that's the difference. Um, and, you know, you're losing that game. That's why the Fulham game was such, such a bad loss because, you know, we'd have gone joint fourth on that uh, with that win. And as a result, you know, we're now we're looking over our shoulders now. If Arsenal go on another run again, you know, Aston Villa are not far behind us. They've tapered off a little bit. We've got a game in hand against them, which will probably be um, in a week or so as well. Um, you know, suddenly you could find yourself ninth or tenth, thinking, "How's that happened?" You know, we've been in the shack. So, yeah, in answer to your question, we, we, we've got to get we've got to get some form of result. But the thing is, if we do get one, the confidence that gives the team it, it'll springboard you for the next you know the next five or six games because uh, it puts that hoodoo to bed. But um, yeah, it's, it's 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 a massive game. So it, it, we could have done without the city game being in between, really, couldn't we? Because uh, I think they've got a full week's rest, have they? Um, or they no, play? they're playing, they're playing, playing Leipzig, aren't they? Tonight, aren't they? Tonight, yeah. So yeah, a couple of injuries and that as well, and then um, mm. we can play them at the weekend. But now, um, yeah, it's it's the next two games could define and shape the you know the last the last part of the season. Mm. 100%, 100%. Well, let, let's let's finish off with the, with the predictions then. Merseyside, Derby. Pete, are we going to end this uh, this hoodoo that we've been uh, 
living under since 1999. We'll say 2-1, Cavalier embrace, big return. Lee? I think it'll be 2-1. And I think uh, I think Calvert-Lewin will score if he plays. And I think Richarlison is a, a big game player and I can see him scoring as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm go- I am going there with, with confidence, forgetting, obviously, Fulham and ignoring Man City, which obviously is coming up. I think we can go there and win the game. I, I, I can see I can see it, a goal fest. I can see a 3-2 at Anfield. Um, Calvert-Lewin obviously will be will be amongst the goals. James um, also on the score. She's on it. First goal for Alan for me. He'll uh, pop up with it. An absolute pearler. Uh, reports, by the way, talking about James. Misty's making apparently he doesn't like the weather. He wants to go back to Spain. Just seeing that on Twitter as we're recording. Make it that what you will. The most inev- inevitable article. Where's that come-, come from? That's it's sport sports witness via. Some Real Madrid um, site, so you know, sort of fan media site or pro, pro Real Madrid. So, re, okay, re, so, so how, long, how long was he at Munich for? Two years, yeah, yeah. So, they don't have any, they don't have any uh, snow and, and winter in uh, extreme winters in Munich, do they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. Do you do, 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 do your job properly, idiot? Obviously, it's too physical as well. That's what the article also says. Uh, inevitable, but but there we go, there we go. Um, just before we wrap up with our our, our new segment that we that we love, uh, getting the top bid. Um, some positive news this week in regards to to Bramley Moore. Some some sorry as Everton putting out some some positive news because we lost to Fulham. However, this was planned for a week. Um, it's been recommended that the uh, the plans for Bramley Moore. Should be passed, which is which is fantastic. Um, obviously, it's another another step in the right direction. Also, talk that if it go, all goes according to plan and doesn't get called in by the Secretary of State, which the club are more and more confident that it won't. So that that's two fingers up to historic him if, if that's true. Um, that we could see building work commence from sometime in the spring. So absolutely fantastic to to hear that. Um, yesterday, and you know we we can't wait, can we? As as much as we all have good, as somebody said it, obviously over the the last couple of years since Bramley Moore has has really sort of hyped up. You you can't be good at some park on a match day, uh, but with the the club needs to progress both on and off the pitch, and and having a new ground in that location, fantastic setting, fantastic ground. Um, it's what we need to make that next step. So. Um, great news there. Um, appalling news about Carlo Ancelotti and his, his house being robbed. You know, absolutely incredible to think that obviously that goes on full stop. But to, to obviously putting his his family through that was was absolutely disgusting. So hopefully the the police the police deal with that accordingly and find those that that did it. Um, but let's let's round the show off on a bit of a positive note. And I have not told you too about what I'm going to bring up here now. We did this the first time, didn't we? We did it the other week, uh, getting the top bid when um, we had Callum on the show, and he wanted to lash in the, the BC commentary team, uh, more specifically Steve McManaman was was uh, for the high jump, and we all agreed room 101 style. Yeah, we'll pass that getting the top bid. Now my one 
and I think I mentioned to you on WhatsApp last week about this. Now, as as time has gone on, this has wound me up more and more to the point that every single time I read it now, I want to lash my phone at the wall. And what it is, is if someone has a good game, you see now on, on Twitter more than anything else, and football clubs do it as well. I'm sure Everton have been guilty of doing it. I'm pretty sure that they have. And you'll see the tweet will be, for example, Jordan Lee Pickford. That's the tweet. So the, what, what, what people do is they type out someone's whole name, a player's whole name. Was it Ben Godfrey's got it recently? Is it Benjamin Matthew Godfrey? I think I've seen. Um, when he has a good game, that, that's the tweet. That winds me up more than anything else. And if I see accounts doing it on a consistent basis, I'm after all follow them, mute them, block them, because I can't deal with it. Pete, you think it's Alan Partridge's behaviour you said to me the other week when I mentioned it to you? Yeah, completely. The, the only scenarios where this is allowed is, number one, are you getting told off, told off by your mum? <laughs> <laughs> that's full that's full name basis full name statement basis number two are you in the dock have you been in especially <laughs> boy or girl <laughs> and number three a knighthood so they're the only three <laughs> times that you're allowed to put someone's full name or say someone's full name in public I, I, I'm with you Pete I'm with you because it, it just I think when it, when it first started I think it wasn't sort of that prevalence. So you, you look at it and go, oh, yeah, it's quite, uh, okay. It's quite witty, that. Every single time now someone has a, has a good game, it's all a see. And people people love it. And I'm sure there's, there's some of our listeners who are listening and thinking, oh, yeah, I've done that. And I think it sounds quite good. No, it doesn't sound quite good. Just just don't <laughs> do it because you look stupid. You know, people are looking at you going, listen, this lad here, just, just take him off. He's not right in the head because... You're making yourself look daft saying things like that. It's it. I will never do it on our Twitter account. I won't do it across any form of social media. You look daft. It's not. It does not. It's not witty. It's not funny. No one's sitting there laughing at it. Just don't do it. Lee, do you want to? Do you want to come in on this on this discussion? I think you're overreacting a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you are. I think I think lockdown's got to you, mate. <laughs> And the only reason why is because you don't want you don't want it is because everyone knows that you're Michael Strackwellersy Richards, aren't you? You, oh, don't anyone, yeah. you? you don't want anybody to use that middle name, son. Um, no, no, I, I can see what you're saying, but I think I think I think you are overreacting a little bit, son. I think uh, you need to let that one go. Um, it, people do do it, and like you said, it was like a trend. You know, it was like it's almost like you know. Dare you even say it? Because Twitter hasn't been about around that long. It's almost like a retro thing to do now. You know what I mean? It's almost like '90s, even though Twitter wasn't around then. Uh, but '90s fashion is making a comeback now. Neither of you boys will know that, obviously, you don't keep up to date with it. But um, but uh, you know, is that why you're wearing that, Adidas poppers today on the podly. <laughs> I'm wearing my shell suit, mate. This is a shell suit. Shell suits are back in, in case you both haven't uh, found out. Um, I, I, had a pair, I had a pair of uh, talking of poppers. I had a pair of Adidas poppers back in the day. I remember. Um, yeah, we used to play basketball, so I could just whoosh, whip them off. Off we go. Basketball boots on. You can slide them over, pop them off. No messing when you called upon. They, they, they were good then, but obviously now they, they were getting the bin like like Benjamin Matthew Godfrey. Um, 
Benjamin Matthew got I used to love the old the old Air Jordans. I know Air Jordans are back in now, aren't they? They've been a, I used to have a pair pair of the Air Jordans. I used to love them. Speaking of shoes as well, though the new the new uh, the new Adidas uh, um, Copa Mundials were released as well. Absolutely dreadful. Stick to the old Duncan Ferguson black and white with an overlap tongue and white mouldies underneath. That's what you want. None of this, none of these fancy gold trims and all that. You know what I mean? Old school boots. That's what you want. But no, yeah. Going back to your point, um, yeah, I think you're overreacting a little bit, mate. I mean, but the thing is, it's going to get put in, isn't it? It's going to get because Pete, Pete, Pete's well in with you. Well, the thing is, if these get put in, I don't even know why you're saying I'm overreacting because it's it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Uh, you know, you see how these things take off on on Twitter, and you know, everyone gets on board with them. And you know, some things are really good. The Spirit of the Blue stuff was really good. So the more videos I saw of that, I was laughing my head off because they just got better and better. From Maradona dancing around to like to the to the little kid in the club with the sunglasses on dancing around, which is which is you know hilarious. They were all funny, and I love all that. But this one, as time has gone on, it just got worse and worse. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Just just don't do it. Just don't do it. Otherwise, I'm sorry. The block, the block button, the block button is getting pressed because I just cannot deal with seeing it. See, even that's hard. So, blocking people as well. I yeah, don't I mean, think it is. I think I think it's showing. It's it's just showing people. It's not the kind of person I want to sort of be be dealing with. To be honest with you, so it's not really. You know, it's just just the way the so way. You, you rank that alongside political beliefs, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's right. It's right up there. It's probably more important to be honest with you because uh, I've got no time for any kind of. Uh, Politics, that's for sure. Um, but I'm, so I'm going. Get, get, get going down in the, the bin. Pete, Pete's going in. Yeah, it's in. So you're so two to one. Obviously, Lee's just being controversial just for the debate there. But deep down, he knows he needs to be in there along with the uh, with the BT BT Sports Pundits team. That's for sure. Um, but what what a point to end on. I'm sure we get some uh, feedback on this actually as well. You'll see our followers just just dwindle. Because everyone, every man, and his dog likes to do this this tweet. So they'll go, they'll go right down after this after this podcast goes out. I'm sure, but it's okay. It's uh, I'll live I'll live with myself. I'll deal with it, uh, and I'll own I'll own it. I'll own the uh, I'll own my opinion. That's for sure. <laughs> but that's us done done for this week. Um, appreciate everyone listening in. Another long one. Busy week for Everton. Busy week coming up. Massively important. And uh, we'll be back next week to look back over. The city game and look after uh, look over the Merseyside derby. So we're catching the weekend. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.